the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. In our text today, chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, we find a gold mine of information and encouragement for any time you are struggling with some type of weakness or trial, a problem, a storm, something that's weighing heavy on your heart. I want to speak to you on the subject of thorns and storms, because every person in this room, no exceptions, Every seat, someone is sitting that has a heart that is going through some sort of difficulty. Difficulties are just a part of life. No one lives a life free of trial here on this earth. You're not the only one who suffers. All people suffer. Have you ever come to church and seen someone walk in here with a cast on their arm? And you see someone with the cast, it's like, automatic sympathy. Oh, what happened to you? And they say, well, I was doing something and I broke my arm. And well, how long are you going to have to have that cast on? Oh, maybe they tell me about six weeks. Oh, I'm so sorry. You'll, you'll be okay. I'm sure in about six weeks, you'll feel a lot better. But what's not so easy is when someone walks in here with a broken heart, because you can't see a broken heart. And there are people here today who are hurting. I mean, really hurting. Some people in this room right now were told this week that they lost their job. Some people here today, their divorce was finalized this week, and they're here today, and their hearts are just broken. Some people lost a loved one. Some people heard that they had cancer. Some people are drowning in the guilt of some mistake they've made in their past. You see, you can't see a broken heart. And not only can you not see a broken heart, unlike the pain of a broken arm that goes away in a few weeks, sometimes the pain of a broken heart lasts a lifetime. And when you're hurting, when you're barely holding on, when you think you can't live and make it through another day, somehow you have to figure out how to get through another day. Just a few weeks ago, I left my office to walk to this stage to preach a message to you. And on the way here, I saw a young lady who was sitting down on the ground. Her heart 
was literally broken into, tears streaming down her face. She could hardly breathe. She knew that her brother in his 20s had been missing for a few days, and she had just discovered that he had died by suicide. And at that moment, the world stops moving. The pain and the heartache seems beyond one's ability to endure. And there's nothing that can move back the hands of time. The question is, what do you do when you feel as though your life is falling apart? What do you do when you feel like you can't make it another day? What do you do when you're struggling with little or no hope? I want to draw your attention to the great Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, who accomplished more for the Lord than anyone I have ever read about, and who at the same time has struggled more, suffered more for the gospel than anyone I've ever read about. I want you, did you catch that? Now, we're in chapter 12, but if you go back to chapter 11, Paul actually gives us a glimpse of just some of the trials that he went through here on this life for the gospel. I want you to go back to chapter 11, if you will, if you have your Bibles. He, he writes these words in chapter 11, and I, here's what I want us to do. I want us to read this together, okay? And as you read, I just want you to pretend like you're the Apostle Paul, and you just imagine yourself saying these words like, these are the things that you've suffered for the sake of the gospel, all right? And we're going to kind of read it in rhythm, all right? Just kind of ryth rhythmic. We're going to go through this, all right? Are you with me? 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. Read along with me. I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. Been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits. In danger from my own countrymen. I've been in danger from big fluffy cats. I've been in danger from some small little mean cats. You say, that's not in the Bible. How do you know if you don't have a Bible? You don't know that. This brother suffered. <laughs> he continues to say, I have been in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the city. Read it with me. In danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled, and I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all 
the churches. Now, when I look at that list, there are several things that come to my mind. The first, of all those physical persecutions that he went through, most of us have never gone through a single one of those things. Except the cats, of course. (laughs) The second thing that I think of when I read through this list is that this is the complete opposite of all the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel preachers that are out there today. Completely opposite of it. But the third thing that I'm moved by is the fact that Paul never quit, that he never gave up, that he kept going in spite of all that he went through, and that if he can keep going, then you and I should be able to keep going no matter what we go through here on this live. The Bible says that Paul was given a thorn. Go back to chapter 12. Everybody say a thorn. I want you to look at verse 7, chapter 12, verse 7. The Bible says, to keep me from becoming what? Conceited. There was given me a thorn in my flesh. He calls it a messenger of Satan to torment me. I want to ask you how many of you have ever been through something so bad that the only way you could possibly explain it was that it was a messenger of Satan. That's what he was feeling. I want you to write this down in your notes. It's very important. The word thorn in the Greek does not mean like a little thorn. It means a stake or a tent peg. When he says, I had this thorn in my side, he's not talking about a little thorn on a rose bush. In the Greek, it's the word for a stake or a tent peg. I had the maintenance team give me something that it could have been looking like this. Something, write this down, that is vicious. Something that was severe. It was debilitating. It was constant. It was unrelenting. It was some type of horrible suffering. It was like a spear that had been thrust into his side, and every day, whoever thrust it in there continued to twist it when it was in there. Now, we don't know for sure what it was. Many people have guessed that it could be all the things that he had PTSD, uh, post-trauma stress disorder, all the things that had happened to him back in chapter 11, that he just never got over those things. We do know the Bible says in Galatians 6, 17, Paul wrote that he bore on his body the marks of Jesus Christ. We know that. It could have been, some people think his personality Uh, was that of a tree stump, that he had low self-esteem, that no one really liked the guy. Now, we like him, but we never met him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.10, speaking of the Apostle Paul, for some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person. Have you ever met the guy? He is, how shall I say this? He is unimpressive. And have you ever heard him talk? His speech, his talks, his sermons are nothing. He could have been the world's worst speaker. And he keeps showing up like a missionary speaker. He was on these missionary journeys, keeps showing up at the church. Some people think that his thorn were his, he had some eye problems. We've talked about this in past sermons. And imagine if your main job is writing and speaking and traveling and you can't see very well. No one really knows what the thorn in his side was. 
But that thorn symbolizes for us that thing in your life that torments you. That thing in your life that causes you pain. That thing in your life that is about to sink you. And he was given this thorn. And then verse 8 says that three times I begged, I prayed, I pleaded with the Lord to take this thing away from me. But verse 9, he said to me, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, if that's the case, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may just rest on me. And that is why he said in verse 10, for Christ's sake, I will delight in weaknesses. I will delight in insults. I will delight in hardships. I will delight in persecutions. I will delight in difficulties. I will delight in my thorns. For when I am weak, he said, then I am strong. There are three things that you need to know about your thorns. Number one, write this down. You need to accept your thorns. You just need to accept the fact. You have to trust that there are no accidents in this life. God always has a plan. God always has a plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, God always has a plan. I want you to write this down. Just write it down. Psalm 139. Write that down. You can read it later. In that psalm, it says that God knows when you stand. God knows when you sit. God knows when you lay down. God knows the words that come out of your mouth before you speak. And it says in Psalm 139, verse 16, that all of your days, all of your days were written down before even one of them came to be. God knows everything that's going to happen in your life, both the good days and the bad days. Because sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you know that you just wake up in the morning, the sun is shining and the birds are singing, and you're, you just walk through that day feeling like you are blessed and you are blessed. You feel favored and you are favored. But sometimes you wake up and you're going through some storm and you're going to feel troubled and you're just feeling like you don't understand how things got to this point in your life, I want you to know that all of those days were written down before even one of them came to be. There are many reasons why God allows you to go through storms. I could give you a dozen. I could give you two dozen reasons why you go through storms. I want to give you just four quickly. Write them down. Sometimes God allows things to happen to us to correct us. Sometimes he allows things to happen to us to perfect us. Sometimes he allows things to happen to us to protect us. And oftentimes he allows things to happen in our life to teach us or to mature us. Now, I don't have time to explain all that, but the verses are there for you to study. Hebrews 12 says, just like a a, a, a parent disciplines a child, so does God discipline his children because he loves us. 
God allows things in our life to correct us because he loves us. Sometimes he allows things to perfect us. The Bible says in that verse there in your notes that gold is refined in the fire, that when gold is placed in the fire, it is purified. It's where it gets all its worth. And sometimes God allows you to go through a storm just to purify you. Just to, just to make you um, more like his son, Jesus Christ. Obviously, God allows some things in our lives to protect us. We don't even realize. I think about this all the time. You know, you get a little fender bender and you're all upset that you wrecked your car. Yet God knew that right down the road, about two minutes later, you were going to be in a head-on collision. I, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying I think about that all the time. Anytime anything bad happens to my life, I'm always saying, God must be protecting me from something else down the line. And of course, James chapter 1, if you don't know James chapter 1, I I think about most of the things that happen to us is God is just trying to mature us. He's trying to teach us. He's trying to make us better people. I read about a pastor before he ever stepped onto a Bible college campus by himself, he'd already taken 40 hours of classical Greek. So he said, when I went to college, he goes, I knew I was going to breeze through this uh, college. I'd be a pastor in no time. He said, what he didn't know was that he would be without a job for five months. He had a wife and two children. They struggled mightily. And the only job he could find was a janitor at a little Baptist church in Memphis, Tennessee. He said afterwards, he eventually became a pastor. He said, little did I know that God would teach me more when I was cleaning toilets than all those hours I studied the Greek language. Those five months of being unemployed and leaning on God and crying out to his name taught me more about being a pastor than any class I took at that seminary. It's interesting in verse 7, if you look at these words, Paul said it was given to me. It says to keep me from becoming what? Conceited. Now, who, who does not want you to become conceited? God. Who wants you to become conceited? Satan. So the understanding here is that God was the one who gave him this thorn. Satan wouldn't give you a thorn to keep you from becoming conceited. Only God would do something like that. Now, we don't know if God actually did it or God allowed it to happen. We do know this, that in his mind, he said, to keep me from being conceited, God God gave him this thorn, and yet he referred to it as a messenger of Satan sent to torment me. Very often, the same event that God sent to strengthen you is the same event that Satan will try to derail you. Those storms and trials that we go through are meant to be difficult. That's why we call them storms. That's why we call them trials. And God allows these things to correct us, to protect us, to perfect us, to mature us. But if you're not careful when those storms come, Satan will use those storms to derail you. I talked to a woman on the phone this week, just a couple of days ago. She's 91 years of age. Her husband died several years ago. He was a pastor. And many moons ago, he was one of the encouragers of my life when I was just starting off in ministry. So he passed away several years ago. And this woman's son called me up and said, hey, my mom is suffering with pancreatic cancer. Would you call her? So I called her up. Her name is Marge. Marge. 
And as I talked to her, she told me the story of how she continues to serve at her church. She reads uh, to a, the Bible to a, a blind woman uh, so that she can hear the gospel. And uh, she told the doctors she's not going to take chemo. She said, why would I do that at 91 years of age? Just so I can live another year in a nursing home, throwing up every other day. I don't want the chemo. And uh, she went to church because she still serves. She's going to serve out her days. She's going to serve until she can't serve. 91. And she said, she told the church her story. And there was this young girl who loved her because she's always there serving and just felt compassionate towards her. And this young girl started crying. And she looked at this young girl and she said, oh, would you stop crying? She said, you're still young. You're going to have to suffer many more days. You're just getting started in your suffering. She said, me? She goes, you know what? It's my turn. It's my turn. And I'm ready to go see Jesus. I'm ready to go. So accept your thorn. Number two, write this down. Own your thorn. Now this is a level up from just accepting it. This, this is where you almost embrace it. This is going to sound strange to some of you. Verse 8, it says that three times that he pleaded with God to remove this thorn. And in verse 9, God said, no, three times. I'm not removing that thorn. My grace is sufficient for you. I want you to know there are times that I have prayed not three times. I've prayed 3,000 times for God to take something away or to fix something. And God says no 3,000 times. Paul didn't pray 3,000 times. He only prayed three. Lord, remove this stake. It's torturing me. It's hampering me. Will you please remove that thorn? God said no, no, no. When God said, no, my grace is sufficient, in other words, I'm not removing the thorn, but what I will do, I will give you grace to make it through that storm. I will give you the grace to deal with every thorn. So he prays three times. God says, no, three times. I would have kept praying another 3,000 times. But Paul just said, you know what, God, if you're telling me you're not going to remove this thing, then I will accept that. And instead of me sitting around and complaining about my thorn, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may just rest on me. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. 
You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.